Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. We'll work our, our, our way through them, um, just, just to have an idea of what we're doing. So on Mondays and Wednesdays, we sit down as the pastoral staff and work through these questions that we are looking specifically at your questions. And, and I'm just going to give you a heads up that, that this week, when it came to peace and forgiveness, we had some questions that were, were significant and, and fairly intimate. And what we're not going to do is, is pop up those intimate details uh, on the screen. We're going to speak to them in a way that we can over two to three minutes. But, but know that throughout the week, uh, we're, we're discussing these, these questions and, and, and really working through answers. And what we want you to know is even though we might not hit uh, the specifics of your question today, um, we want to. We want to have those conversations that uh, we, we want to help walk you through some of, some of the things that you're working through that you can't really be doing this on your own. That, that we don't want you doing on, uh, on your own, that there are others here that will help walk you through that process. Is that fair enough? Did I miss something there? Kyle was like, you got to say this. She wasn't like that. She, but we care about you guys. And we don't want you to think that we're just like writing off your question because we're not popping it up there. Um, that, that we all love you and we want to see you uh, find restoration and find peace through, through some of these issues. And, and again, you can't do this on your own. So... We're going to walk into the, the, the questions in a second, but one of the, things that, one of the questions that didn't come up uh, when it came to this it was, what is peace and what is forgiveness that, that on, a, on, a, on a vertical level in our relationship with God, uh, what does peace look like? What, what, is, what, is, what is peace? I think, yeah. Nobody wants to hear from Derek. I guess it's the Tim show today. So I think that uh, the peace to me is really just trust. Uh, peace is finding in creative ways and, uh, and in all the ways in your life of, of creating that bond of trust between you and God. And if you trust God, you will have immense peace. I know that sounds very, very simple, um, but it is basically that <laughs> it's, it's that easy. Um, trust God in all that he does and know that he has the best for you. He wants what's best for you. Um, he doesn't have any ill intentions and, and that you will, you will find peace through that. And it'll, it'll start in your heart and just completely grow out of your body until it's infectious to the people around you as well. So, so some of that peace is, is going to be based off of the relationship that you have with God. That if you don't know God, what's, what's that bumper sticker? No God, no peace, no God, no peace. That, uh, that, if, that if, you, if you're not investing in your relationship with God, that you're, you're probably not going to know his peace. That you're going to be struggling and scrambling for whatever it is you think peace is or whatever the, the world offers up as, as peace. That, that your relationship with God is first and foremost that, that path to peace. And then, and then if we're looking at forgiveness, what is, what is forgiveness? What, what, is, uh, what are some aspects of forgiveness when it comes to our relationship with God? Uh, so, so it's really, it's, it's um, having the strength and, and, and the, the courage and the discernment to know when you need to seek God for forgiveness and, and, um, and then doing it. So, you know, being aware of, of, of uh, those moments and, and, uh, and, and giving it to him. 
so that, so that looks like uh, confession and repentance, right? Both of those are, are words that, that traditionally we, we kind of bristle at. Um, but, but both of those are, are healing and rest, restoring words that repentance is actually a, a place of, of worship. That if, that if we go to the Father who, who does forgive, who, who, has, who sacrificed his son for us, um, and, and we find forgiveness there, uh, that, we, that should, we should want to go and confess um, I, I know in, in my relationships that uh, if, if, I, if I know I need to confess to somebody, if I don't, I just kind of hang on to that myself and, and compartmentalize it and have it impact other aspects of my life. But, but there's freedom yeah. when, when, you, when you go and confess and you go and ask for forgiveness and you go and, and repent and turn from, from the, the ways that you were walking. And, and I think, I think that that's with God as well, that if, that if we go to him, we confess and we repent. We can experience his forgiveness and ultimately for, receive his, his peace. I'm saying all that to keep that in mind as we go through the rest of these questions. When we're looking at um, the, the horizontal relationships they have, the relationships we have with our spouses or family members or, or friends, that, that uh, where we find true peace and where we try and f- true forgiveness plays out vertically first, that that's the major influence we're going through, right? Okay, so let's get into the questions. The first question we have is, it's incredibly hard to forgive people in traffic who just can't figure out the whole driving thing. Please help. So we say this laughing. It sounds like a funny question, right? But, but it's, it's, it's actually a little bit more significant than that. Yeah. I love this question because, again, yeah, it seems like it's, it's joking kind of coming into it. But I think this question more points to, rather than forgiveness, but more to offense. Uh, and, I, and that kind of goes, can you turn this down a little bit? It's a little hot. Um, and I think what we have to realize is that offense is something that in today's culture is just wildly popular. And, and we seem to, to think that offense is somehow a superpower nowadays. People use words like triggered and offended and offendable and all these things. But I, I th- I'd like to think of it a little bit differently. In my opinion, you know, offense in, in our hearts kind of shows our weakness. Offense shows our deficiency. Um, you know, I, I, my wife says this brilliantly all the time, especially when I'm getting into these modes, is that, um, yeah, I said it, record it, um, is that your level of offense will show you your level of spiritual maturity. And it just goes to show that those times when you are really uh, hurt by something that someone has done and you're not willing to forgive them, kind of gives you a, a really mirror into, into your heart of, of what's really going on in there. And if you're not willing to forgive as Jesus forgi- has forgiven us, that, that says something. So I would say that, you know, if, if you're struggling to forgive people that are in traffic, man, what, what are they truly doing to you? How are they truly hurting you? How are they truly affecting your life? And, and what's it going to take for you to, to move past that? Um, you know, forgiveness is, I think, is our real superpower. It shouldn't be offense. And, and, if you're, and if your struggle is, is being offended or finding it hard to forgive people that, that are driving poorly around you, what, what's, what does that say in, in the actual real relationships that you have? That if this is the, if this is the trigger, like, oh, I'm going to explode here, what does it look like in your marriages or in your families or at your workplace that, that yeah, where, where it really counts? In your car, you could be, and nobody's going to know. However, you know, it's, that might just be like a symptom of it playing out elsewhere, that, that the aspect of forgiveness, the aspect of peace, mercy, grace is, is not playing out in other areas. And, and, uh, and then I would say, go back to your relationship with God first. What's, you know, what is that and how does that flow out everywhere else? Um, 
Next question is, how to have peace in God even when you don't feel it but are doing all the steps, reading, praying, fellowshipping? Um, so so is, peace, is, is peace systemized? Is it a system? Is it a, is it a formula? And then you got it? Um, what, is, what does that look like for you guys? It's, it's not. I mean, when, when you, um, so when you start to uh, start checking off boxes for God's peace, it becomes legalistic. And, and the more legalistic you are, the less of a, of a true relationship you have. Uh, because now it's all systematic. It's more robotic. Um, yeah. I think, I think peace is something that you have to continually seek. Because you may have it today, and then tomorrow comes, and you start your flesh starts thinking about it again, and it's something that you have to continually give back to God and continually seek. It's not just, well, you have it today, so you'll have it forever about whatever your situation is. It's something that you have to continually pray for and seek. It's, it's disciplines that the reading, praying, and fellowshipping are... are Those are, are all great. They're all, they're all disciplines. Yeah. They, are, they are parts of the process, but they're not just, the, like I said, check the box off and, oh, why don't I have peace? Um, so I'm going to backtrack to the beginning of service here. And so Shanda started talking, and I realized that I had not introduced anybody up here except for me. <laughs> so to my right, we have our Next Steps pastor, Jason Laporte. We have our lead pastor's wife, Shanda DeLong. We have our executive pastor, Kyle Smith. We have our lead pastor's wife, Shanda DeLong. And we have our creative pastor, Derek Smith. I'll ask for forgiveness later. It's not a competition. I'm just going to build up all the things that I have to ask for forgiveness for through this it's, message. It, and Kyle and I are strong enough women that we don't have to compare. It's not a competition. <laughs> she sits Roasted. on the throws of lies. She loves a good competition. <laughs> I'd even throw my name in there because I didn't want to be compared. Okay. Um, the next question is, when I extend forgiveness, why is it sometimes I don't experience peace? I feel like I keep mulling this over in my head. Have I truly forgiven them if I do that? So, so can we have peace without forgiveness? No, I, I, don't, I don't think you can. Um, you know, if you, if you are unable to, to seek forgiveness, then, then the hurt, the anxiety, all those emotions will literally just sit and stew inside of you until one day it'll just, it'll pop. You may not see it or feel it right off the bat, but you will. You will eventually until, until you actually uh, seek forgiveness um, the way that God wants us to. So what, so what does that look like? What is, what is uh, how do we focus on extending forgiveness to, to those around us who may have hurt us? Yeah, I would caution you that if you're, if in your head you have said that you have forgiven this person and yet you still on a daily or a weekly basis are thinking about it, um, again, I would caution you, to, caution you to realize that I think you may be giving that person more power in your life than you think. That maybe the forgiveness that you've given them is, you've given them this, this platform and this pedestal that they have affected you in some way and caused distraction in your life. But what you have to realize is you have to give that offense to God. 
You have to give the power of forgiveness to God, not to that person. And I think a lot of times it's when we struggle when it's constantly in our head that we're, we're upset with this person or they somehow wronged us. Well, we're going to forgive them, but then we don't do anything to give it to God and bring him into the conversation. And that's always going to be in the back of your mind if you're not willing to give it up to the person who really can make a difference to it. So do we forgive and forget? Is it, is it uh, so when we give it up to God and, and offer forgiveness for to the, the person that hurt us, do we, just, do we just forget about the situation then? No, I don't think we're wired that way. You know, I think God has made us in a way that our hearts can get through things and our hearts can forgive, but our minds are specifically wired to remember situations. Uh, and I think that's actually a blessing because it, it, it protects us in the future. So we can forgive someone who has wronged us, our friends and our family, but it's always going to be in our mind and not so that we can dwell on it and really not seek forgiveness but or peace, but more so that we can remember to set up walls or guardrails and boundaries so that we then don't necessarily get hurt again. Um, so I, again, I, I don't think we're, we're meant to ever forget about the situations, but yeah, we're called to forgive just as Jesus forgave. So, so let's go from a different perspective. So if, so if we're called to forgive, what if, what if by some freak chance I'm the person that did the damage? Like, that's never happened. That, that uh, shocking. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that that was said with love. <laughs> So, so, what's, uh, so what's our responsibility? What's, what's the path for, so I know I, knew I did some damage, what's my responsibility to, to be the one asking forgiveness? So, um, so I think really it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, a daily, it's a daily choice, it's a daily discipline to, to be aware of your actions and, um, and being in tune with the relationships around you um, and, and really seeing how you're affecting them like, you know, things that you might say or do, and then what their responses are. I mean, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a constant um, growth to, to, know, to know you, to be self-aware. If we know that we've offended or hurt someone, it's, it's our responsibility to go to them and seek forgiveness. They may, it's on them at that point if they choose to forgive you, but you will have peace knowing that you've done everything that you can do, you've asked for forgiveness, you humble yourself, um, but that's our responsibility. And so, so, that, so that, you know, seeking forgiveness, seeking for our forgiveness on, on the relational level still goes back to the example of going to God too, that confession, repentance, that, that those, those, two, those two disciplines that we're called to go to God with I'm going to confess my sins. I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn and go the other direction. Is, is the same as, as we're called to each other, that we, that we have those opportunities and, and, uh, and, and paying attention. We probably have more opportunities to do that than we've taken advantage of, right? That, that seeking forgiveness on, on our behalf um, is, is a discipline, and we've got to be paying attention. Too much practice on it. Raise your hand if I've, if I've apologized to you recently. Go with recently. But still, it's still, my wife's hand went up too. Are you laughing at my wife? Yeah. yeah. But, this, but this should be a discipline. This should be a pattern in our life. The pattern should be, I'm going to keep on screwing up, but the pattern should be, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask for forgiveness when, when that opportunity comes up. And good grief, I hope I'm paying attention for but it. But if you've ever gotten a Tim Tool apology, you know it is sincere. And to me, that is what is important. I'm going to pray that you don't get a Tim Tool apology. Well, let me share too. So a few weeks ago, Tim came 
Tim came in and apologized to me, and it was something that didn't even cross my mind that I would think would need an apology, but it was just sharing that, you know, we were having a conversation, and um, and Amy had heard it, And the, but hear me, these are people that I allow to speak in my life, too, so if they have something to say, I'm, I'm open ears, but he was still apologizing, like, hey, I'm sorry if I stepped out of a of a bound of just uh, sharing something with you, you know, I'm just saying that right to you and stuff. And I was like, oh, but I appreciate that because it means that he's aware of what he was saying, but coming back in, you know, and, and just saying, hey, like, hey, look, I'm sorry. So that was a, it was a very nice Tim, Tim apology. So my wife was very aware of what I was saying <laughs> and let me know, <laughs> which is a good thing too. Listen, thank you. <laughs> Listen, listen to the people around you. So this will even go back to, so you need to be in community. That uh, on your own, you're in trouble. That if, that if you're not in community with people that, that uh, want what's best for you, what, you know, want God's will in your life, uh, you're going to struggle with any of this. You're going you're to struggle with finding peace. Um, please, please be in community. And community is more than just being here on Sunday morning. Because I'm looking at all the conversations you guys are having with each other right now. There's no conversations going on right now. You're watching a show. This is not community. There'll be a little bit of community before service. There'll be a little bit of community after service. Um, but the opportunities are, are elsewhere. Hashtag grow groups. Hashtag grow groups. Grow groups. Being, serving on a team. Being connected outside of this hour-long period. Um, please, please, please be there. It is peace-giving. It is totally peace-giving. Totally lost where I was now. All right, let's see. So the next question, how do I have peace through loss? How do I, how do I have peace through loss? And this can be from the perspective of uh, people that have passed on or other lost relationships, lost, lost opportunities. How do, you find, how do you find peace there? Um, I think there's great word about it in the Bible. It's Ecclesiastes, you know, to everything, there's a season. And um, so I think that's a, a very great starting point. And um, personally, just walking through loss uh, in our family several years ago, you know, we lost someone very near and dear to us. And uh, it was Derek's grandmother, one of the best women I've ever known in my life. And so it was, it was very hard to watch her suffer, but also there was like peace in, in knowing that where she was, like she loved God, she loved her family, her people. And it was just like this, this um, just total overwhelming feeling of knowing that she ultimately was somewhere greater than just keeping her here, which is so hard human-wise to, to not want that control over the situation for it to just be better, to not, you know, just say like, God, why didn't you just work it out a different way and stuff? I think that was exactly how it was ultimately supposed to happen. So do you still miss her? Oh, all the time. There are pictures that pop up on Facebook and, oh, I can like hear her voice of like when she would say like, love you too, sweetie. Like I can hear it so audibly. And, you know, there are times that the, um, the grieving process doesn't change, like it doesn't end. So it just goes in stages. It's, there's five stages of grief and there's some days that it's overwhelming. There's a song that comes on or, uh, and this this sounds so silly, but I was just thinking about the other day was Rice Krispie treats. There was a the one of my favorite memories with that lady was us making Rice Krispie treats, but we didn't actually make the treat. We just ate the marshmallow butter mixture. Because <laughs> that's how Mimi and I rolled. 
But that's one of my favorite times with her. And like, so even just seeing like a little package of a treat will remind me. And so sometimes it's overwhelming, but it's like, I'm also so thankful that I had the opportunity to have her in my life and for her to speak life the way that she did. And, um, you know, so sometimes I'm crying over a treat, but I'm still super, super thankful and also at peace that, you know, where she is now. I think it's important to know that it is okay if you are angry or having, you're going through depression uh, when you're grieving a loss, but it's when you get stuck in those stages and not progress through them. Uh, there's great grief counseling and other things that you can go through, but you know, you're always going to have those things that, you know, as time passes on and if you're moving through those that you're going to stop and reminisce. And, you know, I lost my dad when I was 16 and, you know, at my wedding, I, we had a moment to honor him because I really was a, a little angry and sad that he wasn't, couldn't be there with me or, you know, the birth of my child or, you know, lots of things, birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, you, you, you miss your family members. Um, but when you stay stuck in the depression or the anger um, and not work through those is when it's not a healthy choice. Totally. The being stuck part is, is a big issue there. Yeah, I think, I think you find peace through acceptance. Um, I think a lot of times before you find that peace, specifically when you've lost someone or even something, whether it's a, it could be lost finance or lost job, lost friendships, it doesn't have to be necessarily the death of someone, but uh, is, is that loss in and of itself is very disruptive. Um, anything that leaves your life is going to leave these little holes and these little empty spaces that we generally as people, as, as we want to fix it and we want to repair those holes. And we generally find that we're going to fill those holes in our lives with things that just aren't healthy, um, whether it's sadness, again, anger or bitterness. And eventually those holes are going to fill up and we're going to get to a point in our life where, hey, we actually feel pretty good because we've filled that hole. But eventually we're going to continue to put more and more into those holes and they're going to overflow into other parts of our life. And then, so now because we've been mourning um, maybe the death of someone in our family, um, we're going to start struggling in other areas as well because those negative things we're putting in there are going to just pour out all over the place. And we have to remember that it's not about fixing the issues in our life that have, people that, repairing the holes over, that have been left in our life, but just accepting it. And I, and I think that's, and once we've been able to accept that they're gone, is when we can start, or again, jobs or finances as well, not just people, but we can start mending and healing and, and finding peace through that. And a big part of that is like shifting our, shifting our focus. Not that we want to shift our focus away from uh, the person that we've lost, but, but shifting our focus to, okay, so what, so what is the direction that God's got for us? You know, that, that uh, I'm going to assume that God doesn't want me stuck here. That, that, he's, that he's got a plan for me. He's got a direction for me to move. And, and, and that's, where I want, that's what I want to focus on. So some of the things that I've lost, key relationships that, that, that were removed from me, the transition was focusing elsewhere. Um, that, that I had a, a friend that I thought we were supposed to be ministry partners, that we were going to be pastoring another, another church. And that was our plan. That was our goal. And when God removed him from the scene. He's still alive, but when he, when he took him away, it's like, okay, so I was angry. I was hurt. I was, I was crying loudly and uncontrollably, and it freaked out my kids. And, but, it, but I got to a place like, okay, so I'm going to focus on where God wants me to be. And, and I can look back years later now and still miss him 
wishing that he was here. But if, but if he was here, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have had these relationships. I wouldn't have had the opportunity to, to make the investment in simple church that God's provided for me. That, that in these periods of loss, we're supposed to mourn. We're supposed to grieve. But we're also supposed to look at what he's got for us and the direction that we're supposed to move. Um, he's got something for you. He doesn't want you to be stuck. Let's, let's not be stuck. Let's, uh, let's, again, let's walk through it together and, and see what he's got in store for you. Our next question is this. What about when someone does something unforgivable? How do we deal with the unforgivable uh, extreme? Is there an unforgivable thing? Is there anything that's unforgivable? Yeah, I don't know that there is anything that's unforgivable. Um, and that might sound harsh, but, you know, as Jesus is on the cross dying and, and literally being murdered, he, the thing is, you know, God forgive these people, they know not what they do. In the worst possible time, and we all have terrible things that happen to us, but this guy is literally being murdered, killed, and he's still, the first thing he goes to is forgiveness. Um, I think that's a principle that there's nothing in this world that's unforgivable. So what about, so what about like, uh, so if we, if we pick some, some of what would be deemed extreme, so what about physical or sexual abuse or marital infidelity is, is, are, these, are, these, are these too big to, to get past? There are definitely things that are more damaging mm-hmm. than others and that may be harder to work through um, that may be something that you may not be able to let go of or accept, but in the biblical sense, it might not be unforgivable. But there's a process, right? There's still, so, so this, this is one of the questions that they came up with, with some more interesting stories, stories that were, were more significant, significant stories, um, that, that there are resources for you. There are, there are people here at Simple Church and, and, and other resources that, that can help walk you through there, that, that, that some of these situations, there are probably gonna be new boundaries in, in your life with, with some of these people that the relationship is probably going to change. The, going back to forgive and forget, well, you're probably not going to forget, but, but the dynamic is going to change. Um, but, we, but we've got people that, that can walk through this. This is not something that we can give a, a really quick answer and, and, and even probably take care of in a, in a conversation afterwards. Um, but, but we want to walk with you through this so that you can find healing, so that you can find peace and restoration and, uh, and, and be right again, right? It, it, it's probably going to take more than a, a day or two. Uh, but but with, with discipline and focus and support, uh, I, th- I think we can all get there. Our next question is this, how, how to work through forgiving yourself when you've already asked God for forgiveness? So it's an issue of self-forgiveness. Anybody want to speak to, to that? To me, forgiving yourself looks more like the acceptance and the letting go of the shame and the guilt that you carry from whatever you're seeking forgiveness for. So there's uh, a couple, I listen to a lot of Brene Brown and she talks about the shame gremlins uh, that keep popping back up in our lives. Um, And power of vulnerability, I think is the one that I listened to recently that she talks about that and, and changing your thought process of that. And also, Melody Beatty is a great resource, The Language of Letting Go. Um, she talks about accepting the time that 
you know, whatever you were doing that you feel like was unforgivable or that you're seeking forgiveness for, accepting that time is part of your past. You can't change the past um, and moving forward with that, but letting go of the shame and the guilt that comes from that. Because everything that we go through has shaped us to who we are today. So, you know, just accepting that, you're, you're diff- you've asked forgiveness for God, from God, um, and you just have to move forward and, and accept that and know that you can't change the past. And the only thing by holding on to that, the only thing that you're damaging is your present and your future. That's good. That's really good. <laughs> Anybody want to follow that? What'd you have? Hers is way better. Um, so I, I was thinking about this for forgiving yourself when you've already asked God. Um, so personally for me, it's abusing my body. You know, before Derek and I got married, the, the interactions and that, oh my gosh, the being 18 and being like, well, I'm a strong, independent woman. I, it's my hot body. I can do what I want. And uh, if you don't think that I was living by saying that every day, holy cow, let's have a conversation. But abusing my body in, in, in ways with, with other men and stuff too and seeking out something and just refusing to, to honestly acknowledge that there was something greater and a greater call on my life and what I was to be doing. But there was a moment of feeling like, okay, well, when Derek and I got married, this will all, this will all be solved and go away. And I still carried those feelings of unforgiveness on, my, on myself. And it took years. I think it was like year five or six of our marriage of sitting in church one day. And it was like, a, uh, it was uh, January 1st. So I was just like, God, I, I can't do this. I can't keep carrying these feelings that I have about me. You know, if I'm supposed to be walking around and telling people how great they are and that they're built and designed for something better, if I don't believe that, like, what am I doing? And, you know, there, there's also like, if God's already forgiven you, why do, why do we have to keep carrying that? If God's like, hey, I got this under control. Like I've forgiven you and I love you and there's grace for you and stuff. Why can't we treat ourselves with the same, the same, the same way? So I love what, what Shanda has to to say about that. And honestly, I wish some of those resources I thought about or known about years ago, but that was a big deal of carrying that for so long. And it's just, it's okay. Also that that mess, when they say like, God can take your mess and make it a message. It's so true. Because I feel like I'm designed in a way to sit down with younger girls or even women and share that story of, you know, you can have this and just because you get married doesn't mean it's this fairy tale ending. There's things that you're still going to have to work through, but there's a God who loves you. And also when you, you know, if you're in a, a marriage relationship and you're two imperfect people seeking to serve a perfect Lord, there's things that you're going to walk. But this gives me a message and hope for them too, that you can walk past this and you can feel better about yourself and, and have this and not have this lingering shame kind of laughed at the shame gremlins, but it, it's true. It's like a little thing that comes to mind. You don't have to walk through that. Yeah, so, so really the solution to, to this scenario and, and, and really every scenario that we've talked about today, um, it really just, it lies, in, it lies in belief and trust. So just belief and trust. So we're gonna go back to Philippians um, chapter four, verse six and seven. So the Apostle Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, so keep in mind that, that, that Paul is, he is telling people this while he's in prison. So just keep that in mind. This passage 
is essentially our, it's our framework to experiencing God's peace. I mean, can you really, can you imagine never being anxious about, about anything? I mean, that, that seems like an impossibility, right? Um, I mean, it's, it's um, we experience that, we experience unrest and conflict in, in every aspect of our life, at home or at, at school or at our jobs. But what Paul is saying is turn that, that anxiety or that hurt from that conflict into prayer. Just turn it into prayer. What he's asking is, do you want more peace? Then just pray more. When you're faced with a situation where somebody has either wronged you or, or, or maybe you've wronged them, I mean, the outcome, the outcome that you want is, is peace. But in order to get there, you have to be willing to pray. Seek God in prayer. Seek God in in prayer, you know, and, 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 and trust that, that, uh, that he'll work through your situation with you. So, and, and, and you may be faced with this today. I mean, we, we, we go through this, this is a normal occurrence, but you may be faced with it today. And if you are, my encouragement to you is just to press pause. So just press pause on your life, get into a posture of prayer and just pray. So just pray. And if you don't know how to pray, come to our prayer and worship tonight. We're actually having one here tonight, tonight, and we'll walk you through prayer. And, um, you know, it's, it's really the only way that, that you will be able to get there because you'll leave feeling better about your situation, having prayed through it, giving it to God and trusting that he'll bring you, bring you peace through forgiveness. So my, my, final, my final note is your pathway to peace is simply through prayer. So let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Jesus, you are, you are a gracious God. You're a loving God. I pray today, wherever there is unrest, I speak peace. For those that are experiencing the pain of wrongdoing, Lord, I speak peace. I pray, Jesus, you would guide those who are on either side of conflict down the path of forgiveness so that they may begin to experience the depth of your love and your trustworthiness. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place and into our hearts to bring us peace. Now with every head bowed and eyes closed, there's some of you here today that the most important prayer is one that begins a relationship with God. One that says, I'm ready. I'm ready to know him. I'm ready to surrender. Because surrender means you're trusting your life in the hands of someone else. A God who's trustworthy. A God who loves us unconditionally. So if you'll trust him today, if you'll invite Jesus into your life, God's not, he's not looking for you to be perfect. He's not looking for you to clean up your life before you come to him. He wants you just as you are and where you are. He knows the things that you've done. He's not mad at you. He loves you. And if you're ready to receive that love and to know God, to begin this journey that we're going to walk with you on because you're not meant to walk this alone. So if you're ready to, to pray this prayer, I'm not going to ask you to stand up or come to the altar, but I do believe that you need to take some step to say, 
God, I want you. So that step for you is just to lift your hand. So if that's you, and you're going to pray this prayer today, would you just slip your hand up right now and just say, that's me? No one's looking. This is a moment between you and God. No one else. Just you. Thank you. It's awesome. You can put your hands down. Everybody, let's, let's pray together because nobody prays alone. We're, we're all family here. Let's pray. Say, Jesus, I need you. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. And make me brand new. Show me how to live for you. And I'll spend every day doing that. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So I love this part of the service so much. Many of you know that I get choked up over these things and baptisms. And, and, uh, and we've had people say yes to Jesus in both services. Church, can we celebrate with the people that said yes to Jesus today? Well, listen, so for those of you that said yes to Jesus today, um, I'm just going to encourage you to, to take that connect card, mark on there that you said yes to Jesus and that you're making a commitment because I'm going to tell you your next step is to go public with that commitment through baptism. And we're having baptisms next week, <laughs> next week. So just mark on that connect card. If you're feeling called to make that outward expression of the commitment that you made today, just mark on that connect card that you want more information and somebody from my team will reach out to you get you on the schedule and you can invite your family and friends to see you make that public statement. So uh, just a couple things before we head out. So as I mentioned before, prayer and worship night is tonight here at 6, 6 p.m. Uh, just come out and, and uh, we'll walk through an hour of prayer and communion. Um, let's see, if you've brought your tithes and offerings, you can give in the gift box in the back. The envelopes are in the seat backs in front of you or you can text to give or the, uh, the app or the website. Uh, missions meeting. If you are interested in going on our missions trip next year, yeah, uh, there is a missions interest meeting next week after first service. Uh, see Amy Tool if you want more information. So she's right over there. Yep. Uh, Reach conference. So Reach conference is is a huge youth conference that's that's held here in Columbus every year. It is November fifteenth and sixteenth. It's, it's uh, if you have a student, uh, grades 6 through 12, go, send them. We're going we're gonna to drive the students there and back. Uh, it's going to be an amazing, amazing time. Early bird registration ends sun next Sunday. So get in on that. You'll, it's a discounted rate. If you have any questions with that, see Kara Jones. Um, we, the registration link is on our website or, or Facebook. Uh, yep. So if you need any prayer for anything, We'll be up here uh, after I pray us out, and uh, and we'll dismiss. So let, let me pray us pray us out, and, and we'll we'll head out. Lord, I pray today that you would help us live a disciplined life, to have the strength and wisdom to choose peace, that we would take captive our thoughts, and help us shift our focus to constant positivity. Lord, I bless this offering that every dollar given helps reach more people for you. Jesus, we pray all this in your name. And everyone said. Amen. 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 Have a good week.